Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hi. Hello. Hello. Summer feels good, doesn't Bonjour. it? I'm in a great mood. I've had a lot of coffee in a short <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> I, loved, I love that the first day of summer, by the way, feels like the first day of summer it's gonna be hot it's gonna be hot all week actually yeah cheap me right i have a nice pool but i don't want to pay to heat it so i let the nature do most of the work but i only turn the heater on when it's going to be hot anyway so today i can probably get that pool up to a good solid 85 by running the heater for like an hour i can't wait cat i can feel the savings going directly into my wallet like an injection (laughs) that's good put that money in my pocket that's good we uh I have a lot of stuff to do today. A quick follow-up from yesterday. I went over to my mom's after we got done the podcast. Mm-hmm. She doesn't live far from the studio. So I dropped by, like to see her. She made me rice pudding because I love her to death. Right. She's the best. I, uh, I came in, I sat down, and she's like, hey, how are you? I said, I'm good, mom. How are you? She's like, good, good. Hey, your sister showed me that picture that you posted on Instagram the other day. You've lost a lot of weight. And I just want to make sure everything's okay. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, mom. I just talked about this <laughs> in the you, podcast. That is so funny. She didn't even hear that part. No, and she didn't yeah, ask I if I was sick. She just asked, is, is everything, everything okay? okay? And then once I explained to her, yeah, I feel fantastic. I'm more energy than I ever have. She was fine. She's like, okay, tell me how you did it, though. Like, just specifically, could write it out like a diet for me. Are just- you eating? <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Are you eating? <laughs> I again I feel good everything is great and I just lost a little bit of weight and it's just a game now to see how long I can keep it off um what do we want to start with oh it's National Indigenous Peoples Day Mm -hmm. I've said this before and I think it's worth bearing uh a, a repeat here for the decision makers whether it be in Ottawa or at Queen's Park we have two days now in Canada that we recognize specifically Canada's indigenous people. The problem is the people in Ottawa who make such proclamations have given us no direction whatsoever. We know that in September we celebrate Truth and Reconciliation Day, but today is National Indigenous Peoples Day. And I just kind of want a little bit of, okay, on Truth and Reconciliation Day, that's that's a somber day. That's where we worry Mm -hmm. about the amount of work that still needs to be done in the efforts towards truth and reconciliation and get making progress on that. Maybe the the June one, the 21st that we celebrate today, maybe this is more of a happy, upbeat occasion where we talk about uh, the accomplishments mm-hmm. and achievements and heritage and, and culture you know, and that, educate. That's yeah. the day in school because usually class is still on every year, the 21st. Uh, you, you learn it in school and you do um, activities based on that and you learn things. That's good, right? I j- just kind of wish there was more of a, a set criteria for here's how you observe this holiday, here's how you observe that holiday. Or are they both exactly the same? I'm really not sure and i know it's not just me because people are asking me okay well what's the difference between truth and reconciliation day and national indigenous people's day and it's hard to explain right and and there's no criteria from the government so i wish 
they would get on that. Mark Miller is a pretty good MP. He's the Indigenous Affairs Minister for Canada. Maybe some protocol, uh, something that we can do. I know that here where we do our radio show, Transit is going to pause today at 2.15 p.m. But I don't remember them doing that on Truth and Reconciliation Day. So I'm not sure right. how what, what the difference is between the two. And I, I actually think it's worthwhile making the day for Truth and Reconciliation in September, which is now a holiday, mm-hmm. actually about truth and reconciliation. And let's make today a happy, positive right. day. Maybe today's the day to to learn about some indigenous culture and to celebrate amazing uh First Nations Canadians mm-hmm. that have gone on to do great things and so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah, that's a good way to, that we could uh, differentiate them for sure. I know that, I mean, initially I thought that it was supposed to be the holiday that was given in on at the end of September was supposed to be to remember those lost, especially those young lives, of uh, young children's mm-hmm. lives, you know, that, yep. that, that by the way, we will probably continue to find out more on. And, and that's that's the sad part. We're going to continue to hear more and see more on that. And that's sad. When you think about how many residential schools there were versus how many have been searched, and it's not many, and how many bodies they've found Mm -hmm. in the fuel properties that they have searched, it's staggering to think of how many more bodies they're going to find. That's when you make those announcements, government, of how much money you're going to put into making sure that we recover those and and. And I spread the word, I suppose, and make those corrections and truth and reconciliation. That's what it's all about. I just think that there's people who want to participate and they don't quite know how. And that's mm-hmm. why a little bit of uh, direction would be good from our leaders. Yeah. So if they could work on that, that'd be great. Um, I don't know about you, but when I heard yesterday that Edward Lake, the father of the three kids that were killed in that horrific car crash caused by Marco Muzo, drunk driving. He's been convicted of that now. When I heard that he took his own life yesterday, it was just an overwhelming sadness. Mm-hmm. And I was like a lot of people. I, I'm seeing it all over social media. People are asking, why aren't they going to charge Muzo with this guy's death? Because even though the guy wasn't in the car, mm. he still is responsible. He's still the reason that Edward took his own life yesterday. And not even for a second am I going to pretend I can relate to the sadness, the grief that Edward and Jennifer, the mom, are dealing with at the loss of their kids. I I couldn't even imagine what it was like. Mm -hmm. But he bore the weight of that for seven years. That crash was in September 2015. And, And I guess for whatever reason, he decided yesterday was the day. And and my condolences to our condolences to everyone that knew and loved him. But I I think it's safe to say that whatever put him in the state of mind he was in when he decided to take his own life was probably a direct impact of that crash. And to me, I'm wondering, just like everybody else on social, why would they not charge Muzo for that death Mm. as well? Muzo's Mm -hmm. out on parole, by the way, for those who don't know. Uh, Three people, it was four people killed because the grandfather was killed too. Correct, And then others were injured in that crash. Uh, Four dead people. He's out. And now we've had another death from the original tragedy. Yeah. And I, I just don't know if that's even feasible to charge Muzo with that death. I don't know if it would ever happen. The it's it's not a couple of things. It's not apples to apples for sure. But what I will say is the same or similar questions have been raised regarding severe bullying cases, severe bullying cases that lead to children taking their own lives. Right. And 
You know what? I shouldn't even say children because that's not true. Let me scrap that. Just people taking their own lives based off bullying and maybe they're young adults, maybe they're children. Um, that is a question that was raised a couple of times at a couple of instances where children, you know, took their own lives based on what they were going through at school or on social media, whatever it is. I know the question's been raised before. And again, it's not apples to apples, but it's a great question. Uh, I thought immediately when I heard the news yesterday, I just, it popped into my head that here's a grieving father. Um, still after and 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 some people would say oh yeah it was several years ago you I, I i'm with you or i i would never know what that felt like but i don't think i would i i would ever be at a stage where i feel like i wasn't over grieving mm-hmm. the loss of children i thought of father's day instantly mm-hmm. i mean being the grieving father going through all of that and then probably seeing around you whatever you might no matter what you're doing in the day you see Father's Day pop up, Father's Day, Father's Day, which he probably has some very, you know, good fond memories with his children on Father's Day uh, previous to this horrific accident. And so to kind of have those memories being brought up and realize again, and I'm sure it's constantly like realization of your kids being gone, that probably didn't help. That's my that's my thought on it. That was the immediate first thing that I thought of. But it's just so, I mean, can this story not get any more tragic? Like it's absolutely, it's sad. Have we heard from... Jennifer yet? Yeah, uh, she's put out a couple of posts. She had a tweet this morning. It was was difficult to read, too, because, I mean, her parents, I believe it was her parents that were in the car. It was her dad that was killed and her mom was injured. They were with the kids when that Muso crash happened. And the dad, Edward, who took his own life, I mean, he's really the last formal connection or direct connection to those kids. They're all gone. And I know that their marriage had broken down, but that doesn't change the fact that he was the father mm. of those kids. And yes. they sure as shit went through a lot together. Yes, they and did. I, it's just, God damn it, it makes me it's, sad. It is sad. The only thing that we can try to take from this that's of any positivity is hopefully people see this story, are reminded of what happened, and change their mind next time they want to get get behind the wheel drinking and if you are in control of that in any way shape or form actually um when i was talking about it earlier today somebody messaged and said that whole story actually changed the way that i serve people a side hustle i i serve at at a restaurant and every single time i i wonder if that person can't can't uh drive i will ask and i will call them an uber and i will call a taxi because i think about that family and think about this could probably save lives or this potentially could save lives and even with that potential knowing what happened to them let's avoid these tragedies you know it's such a fucking shame sometimes that some people get to walk this earth and obviously seem okay if this is the case and then other people continue to feel the way that they feel because of your actions here's the tweet that jen neville lake put out this morning the eyes he shared with harry are forever closed danielle's Daniel's curls will never shine in the sunlight again. I will never see Millie's shy smile creep across his lips anymore. My children's father, Edward Lake, has joined our kids so they can play together forever. Hmm. God damn it. That's just. It's like, it's like, what do you say? You know, it's, it's everything about it. Every single thing about it. I just wish that we could change. I wish it was as easy as a snap of a finger to change this shit system that we call a justice system, but it's not a justice system because I do feel like I'm just outraged that this guy gets to walk free. And you can think that what you said off the top is true. There's a lot of people who agree with, with that, that Muto should, should suffer from this. And he hasn't suffered enough. He hasn't. 
Because that's the system that we have, guys. That's the shit system that we have. He hasn't suffered. He hasn't even come close to suffering what he should. Okay, let's, uh, it's such a heavy subject. Like, I actually feel a drain hearing it. It, It's so sad. We uh, are dealing with a lot of delays, a lot of issues when it comes to travel in Canada here, Kat. uh, We all know about the delays at the passport office that are crazy. Yep. Uh, It has now come to light with the release of new documents that the passport office, Service Canada, suspended 249 staff members under the vaccine mandate. Okay. 249 staff members off the job at the passport office that now can go back, but were not working. And that had to do with the vax mandates. So again, for those wondering, why is the delay at the passport office? Again, this goes directly back to the federal government. You may have an answer to this. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But at this point of the game, are they saying that they're hiring for passport offices or are they going to rightfully so, I think. Offer those jobs back to those employees first before they go saying we're hiring open open call to anybody who wants to work at the passport office. I think uh, they it's probably a combination of both. I think people who lost their job at Service Canada because they were not vaccinated are likely. Uh, I think they're probably hoping that those people come back. But I don't blame people if they don't want to go back. Imagine that getting fired over that and, and not just getting fired over it, but being kept off the job. Because of it, even after we learned what we learned in December, mm-hmm. that the vaccine does not stop transmission. And it, it segues perfectly into this. An arbitrator made a ruling yesterday that I think is important and it's worth noting. Okay. It came down and this one is in the auto sector. It was the union challenging the Stellantis mandatory COVID-19 vaccination policy. Unifor had challenged the mandate that was announced back in mid-October of last year. The arbitrator just ruled the policy was reasonable when it was put in place. It was reasonable to require you to be fully vaccinated. But new variants of COVID-19 and other factors, quote unquote, now make a vaccine mandate unreasonable. As of June 25th, the employees that were let go because of their vaccination status must be given their job back. Mm. The local union president says the union will work with the company on a return to work plan for unvaccinated workers. Stellantis says it is carefully reviewing the decision before deciding next steps. Okay. What is there to review other than the news? The news told us what we needed to know way back in December. The vaccine doesn't stop transmission. And if it doesn't stop transmission, it doesn't matter if any one person is vaccinated or not. They're only worrying about their own health when they make the choice about the vaccine. It's not to protect anybody else. And they got to stop this shit. Too many people lost their jobs. Too many lives were ruined over this. It's sad. But. The COVID theater continues because uh, today in Ottawa, MPs are debating a proposal that they extend the work from home flexibility for another year. Oh, another year. Another year of allowing the members of parliament to work from their living room or constituency office. Hmm. How do you feel about that? Well, let me tell you something. (laughs) Let me fucking tell you something. Yeah. When when people started going back to work, there was a general fear. People were a little worried like, oh, is it too soon? Blah, 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 blah. These members of parliament have been dragging this out so long. And I'm just going to flat out say it. 
abusing COVID for their own convenience. And, you know, it's not even like they can say, well, you know what? I mean, it's partially because of COVID, but it also saves money because, you know what? We're not flying back and forth to Ottawa every week and all that sort of stuff. If that's the case, put your money where your mouth is and end your just permanently work from home. You know what? You're not going to Ottawa anymore. If you want to be a member of the House of Commons, if you put your name forward and ask the electorate to vote for you and they actually gave you their confidence and you don't want to go to the House of Commons Mm -hmm. because of COVID, get the fuck out of here. Either quit or say, you know what? Partially because of COVID, but also because of the cost and the environmental impact of all these flights. I'm going to work from home permanently. Turn in your badge. Don't go to Parliament Hill anymore. If you do, you can get treated like a tourist. Hmm. Either stop the shit or don't, but stop blaming it on COVID so that for your own convenience, you can just go or not go, depending on what you want to do. And I get it. There are moms and dads there working on Parliament Hill. I'm sure there's been many times when they were stuck in Ottawa when they'd rather be in, I don't know, Calgary Nose Hill watching their, their kid play a soccer game. I totally understand that, but we all have responsibilities that we have to take care of. And at the end of the day, we all have a boss that we have to be accountable to just because you don't have a direct report at uh, the House of Commons doesn't mean you can abuse this and just come and go as you please. We either have a parliament, a parliament, a gathering of elected individuals. That's what that is. We either do or we don't. But you just jumping in hybrid here and there when it's most convenient. Fuck off. Mm -hmm. Either do your job or quit or Take a principled stance and say, I'm not going back to Ottawa. Blaming it on COVID is just such a cop out. And these people are just the worst. By the way, the fact that they want to do this for a full year tells me they're not done politicizing COVID. They're going to bring this back in the fall. Well, they're already ready to mandate a third shot and all that shit. Uh, They're going to be in for a real fight this time around. Yeah, they are. Things have changed a lot a lot since the second shot, for example, right? The next time they come to us and say, you have to get a shot and it's not coercion, but we're going to take away everything if you don't do it. The next time you guys do that, you better make damn well sure that whatever shot you're making us take works, that it does what you say it's going to do. And if it doesn't, mm. it can't happen. Still then, you could tell people there's a probably a guarantee and most people go, nah, still not doing it. It's very frustrating. Uh, do you think it's reasonable to strip search a prisoner in jail? Reasonable? I, I, yeah, if needed, if you feel it's needed, sure. A good friend of mine works in the prison system. Yeah. He's one of the supervisors, and he's actually one of the people that would order a strip search. So I haven't talked to him about this story since it broke, but the Canadian Civil Liberties Association and an Ottawa area woman have filed a constitutional challenge of what they say are unnecessary and degrading strip searches in jails and detention centers in Ontario. So they filed this in the Superior Court. It says the law governing these searches is overly broad and lacks constitutionally required safeguards. The statement of claim says the law grants superintendents in provincial facilities unrestricted power to strip search prisoners at any time under any circumstances and to delegate that authority Mm. as they wish. Mm. It's a female plaintiff here, identified only as Vanessa. She says she was traumatized by brutal strip searches at Ontario facilities, and they must be subject to appropriate legal limits. I mean, I don't blame her for trying. If she got strip searched a bunch of times in jail, 
I'm going to speculate that there was probably a reason that they wanted yeah. to strip search her. They don't strip search you because they want to look at you like they're looking at a Playboy or porn online. That's not why they do it. They don't give a shit. They're strip searching because there's so much contraband that gets into jails, like an epic amount yes. of weapons, drugs and all sorts of shit makes its way into jail. And in a lot of cases, you don't find out unless you strip search them because people are if, if they want to smuggle a, a shank or uh, some cocaine into jail. Yeah, they'll shove it up their ass. Yeah, they do. They'll swallow I, it. They'll do yeah, any number of things. And they do. And uh, from what I know, what I thought anyway, maybe it's wrong. My brother-in-law works in the prison system, including Kingston Penn for many years. Uh, I could shoot him a text and ask, but when you enter, right, isn't it always that when you enter, you get like a, I don't even know if it's a strip search, actually. It could be a pat down. But if they hear anything or any rumblings or potential or perhaps your record states that it's possible you could be smuggling in, then they have a right to do it. But you also have a right to say, your preference in terms of a female or or a, or a male doing it, I believe, too. So there are some little things in there that may or may not. I mean, either way, you might hate a strip search, whether it comes from a male or, or a female. But I believe you do have some choices within that realm. But if they hear something and or they or they actually know something or you have ties to something, you have any reason to. Yeah, because you of course, they're not going to let you bring something into the prison you're not supposed to bring in. Right. Were you okay with the uh, plastic bags and plastic, single-use plastics? That's what it is. The single-use plastics ban was formally announced yesterday, and some companies say they're not even going to wait until the law comes in. Loblaw, who's constantly got their nose up this government's ass, uh, has announced they're going to eliminate single-use plastic shopping bags in their stores by the end of the quarter. Oh, wow. Okay. The end of the quarter is in a week and a half. Yeah, that's um, that's sudden. But mind you, the Walmart one kind of got everybody by surprise. And that also was announced just before Earth. It was Earth Day, I, I believe. It was Earth and Day, then yeah. as of Earth Day, it was done. And that's it. Can I just say it also worries me, though, the amount of now we've got the reusable bags. And I know it's not the same as plastic. I, I'm OK with not having plastic bags. I question single use. I don't like that term because I use them. I reuse them. Sure. And I'll so do re- I. I'll reuse them again. You know, whether it's for picking up dog shit or whether I use it again at the grocery store or for this or for that. Um, sure. Cloth bags are better. I agree. And I have a lot of them. I have a we've talked about the our cloth bag collections, each of us. And I do have like a, every color of the rainbow kind. I've got everything from whatever. Uh, Sobeys one to farm boy, et cetera, et cetera. And I use them and I do my best, but sometimes we forget. I do wonder how many people are going to, once they get on this, forget and continue to get these reusable cloth bags. But it's just a matter of remembering. I think it's just a matter of keeping it in the back of your mind to keep all that stuff in your trunk, for example, or in the backseat of your car, keep it with you at all times and remember to bring it into the store. I'm okay with it. Uh, Basically, I'm okay with it. I don't mind it either, to be honest with you. I know there's some people who hear that headline and think, oh, this is brutal and they're trying to run our lives and we really don't need them. We don't need them because we do have the reusable option and really this is just a training process. I've actually never seen the government be this patient on anything. They've been grooming us Mm -hmm. for reusable bags and bins for years. For years, you've been able to buy the green bins or the black bags and all that sort of shit. I mean, Mm -hmm. years they've been trying to get us used to it. We've been using paper straws in our takeout containers for a long time now. We're ready to make the jump. That's totally fine. What I'm wondering about is the data. One of the reasons they justify this ban on single-use plastics, among other things, but one of the main reasons is, 
well, the amount of straws that end up in our oceans, the amount of this and that that end up in our oceans, and they're killing the, the, the marine life. Who the fuck is throwing millions of straws into the ocean? I mean, I know one or two people that are generally environmental assholes. Someone that'll come over and throw like a pop can in the garbage instead of in the recycling. And that bugs me, but I get them. They're just a pain in the ass. And I try and correct them, but they don't care. Maybe that's the person who would drive to the coast and heave their McDonald's container into the ocean. But otherwise, I don't know how we ended up with literally millions of straws and plastic bags in the ocean. Who's throwing it in any body of water, period? I think that it just finds its way there. I mean, take a look at the side of the highway. You don't live near an ocean? Yeah, neither do we. But you take a look at the side of a highway, for example, especially after like a windstorm or something. There's unbelievable, disgusting amounts of trash. How hard is it to put your garbage in the receptacle? It's gross. Uh, People tossing their McDonald's bags, as a good example, off the side of the road or on the highway. You fucking animal. Why would you do that? I I don't understand who does that and just feels fine and comfortable with it. Like litter bug. I know we've, we've heard the term since we were little, right? Litter bugs. Are these seriously like people who started as a kid and nobody corrected them and they just continue as grown ass adults? Find a garbage. There's receptacles all over the place. Whether it's in, you know, a storefront area, you have to toss your stuff there, fine. Or wait till you get home. Like, it's not the end of the world. It, it shocks me. It boggles my mind. And I've seen people do it before where they just toss shit out the window of their car. It's gross. Particularly on the highways, I found. When I took the highways a lot, that's where I saw it happen. But when you live near an ocean, as an example, it's going to drift. And when it drifts, it's going to potentially drift into the water. That could be one reason. There could be other reasons why. But either way, regardless of if it's land or sea, I don't give a shit. Don't stop doing that. Don't litter. I have to think that condoms and things like that that also go through the garbage system or through the they go directly into the water for people that still flush them. And that boggles my mind. But do we have a problem with them in the waterways and things as well? Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. You're not. There's certain things you're not supposed to, to flush. There's feminine hygiene products yes. that some people flush. Like, are all these things finding their way to the ocean, too? I don't know. I mean, we do. That's what the re, one of the reasons why we do have the, the systems that we have in place for uh, for water that to stop that from happening. Right. I mean, that's the goal is to stop any any waste that is not considered human waste and et cetera from entering the the oceans but yeah you're not, that's why you're not supposed to flush shit chemicals uh, whether it's chemicals or garbage or whatever i i just kind of question that how that happens and is it even a canadian or north american thing is it other countries and cultures that are putting shit in the water that that drifts into the ocean and kills the marine life is it even us that are doing it is what i'm wondering but either way getting rid of these single-use plastics is not the end of the world it took a decent amount of resources to create that plastic fork that you use for 30 seconds to eat your poutine what are we going to do with forks that's another one that are gone chopsticks like what are we doing though um they'll probably have like the wooden ones the wooden ones okay wooden fine they'll compost down i don't care it's uh it's probably a better solution overall i know some people don't like it but it is what it is let's go to uh still staying with that theme though DoorDash put out a really, really, really interesting stat yesterday. Mm -hmm. And when I read it, I thought, that's me. DoorDash says 92% of their customers are at least somewhat adventurous. That means that they will regularly or at least occasionally order different things on a menu. 8% of their customers, which is probably millions of people, 8% never try something new on a menu. And when I thought about it, I thought, huh, 
That's kind of me. It takes a lot for me to try something that I haven't tried because usually when I go somewhere, it's for something specific. For example, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the commercial for that new uh, Nashville chicken sandwich at A&W. Uh, when I go to A&W, I get a matzo burger. So Such as much as I'd to. like to try that, <laughs> I don't think I can take my time and money away from the matzo burger. Are you adventurous like that? Will you try new things? No, I'm boring with food. No, I'm boring with food. I have my go-tos. I, I shouldn't say I won't try new things because that's not necessarily true. If I'm doing an order for something and I have my usual go-tos, I'll venture outside and try something different. My problem is, is that when I do it, sometimes I'm disappointed and then it makes me hesitant to do it again because it's also a waste of money and potentially food. say they like being introduced to different cuisines. 46% say they get bored ordering the same things over and over. And about 4 in 10 say they like treating themselves to more indulgent options occasionally. 35% say they order whatever's cheapest. Mm. Oh, so I like the Big Mac, but it's a lot cheaper to get a McDouble. (laughs) Is it that sort of thing? Sure. I mean, especially right now, price, price and cost... Plays a big role in it, I think. 30% occasionally feel like ordering a healthier option. But again, cost is a major factor. Oh, yeah. It's expensive to eat healthy. It is. And I mean, healthy eating from fast food isn't exactly healthy eating in every case. But even at that, when they're charging more for a salad than they are for a burger and fries... Uh, there's yeah. a lot of people who will just take the burger and fries. Yeah, I mean, and in restaurant, I feel like it is different than any like fast food. And, uh, one example of that is I did try different things because it was a part of the order of Father's Day. I went to a great keto uh, bakery that also has, oh, they have got like a wide range of, of food items. I saw that. That looks really cool. It's really good. It yeah. looks like high tea for it, people that uh, don't <laughs> like food. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It's a, it was a tower, right? It was a Father's Day brunch tower is what I ordered. So there was like a little bit of everything on there. There's like your usual breakfasty foods at the bottom. So eggs, bacon, stuff that like regular people have if you're not on keto, it's fine. But that's all keto friendly stuff. And other stuff on the menu that I've seen in their store before and I've never bought like quesadillas as an example, because I always thought ah, I'm probably not going to like these. I won't venture out. But they're a part of the tower. I tried it. I liked it. So every now and again, it's good to go outside. But the problem is when things are expensive, because you mentioned cost in there, too, that's when you are less likely to try it, even though potentially you'll like it better. And it's two dollars more than what you usually order, regardless of if it's fast food or restaurant. You are hesitant to do it, right? Well, it's almost a little ridiculous if you think about it because what DoorDash is saying is you should venture out a little more try different things on a menu and I'm sure restaurants would love that too like hey yeah we get that you're a a meat and potatoes kind of person and you like your steak but you know if you come in here we do have really good salmon or really good chicken at this restaurant why don't you try something different but it's amazing how many people order the exact same things for me I like what I like and I Order it because I like it. I There's certain places that do a, a burrito, for example, so fucking well. I love that burrito from, I don't know, Quesada. I'm sure the tacos are great, but I really love the burrito, mm-hmm. and that's what brought me in. So, no, I'm not interested in trying something new. But can, can I just say that, that you shouldn't feel guilty about liking what you like and getting what you like? That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like there are some people who order from the same place. They're regulars, right? Regular customers, even let's say a mom and pop uh, restaurant or shop. There's people who go in on the regular and hey, it's Thursday night, which means I'm getting my whatever smoked salmon on a bagel. This is what I do. That's what you like. So get what you like. Or maybe you do treat yourself to a takeout and you happen to like 
sushi from a specific restaurant. That's what you like. Like, I don't I don't feel like it makes you any less than if you won't venture outside of that comfort zone unless you feel like you're missing something. If you don't feel like you're missing something when you're eating, eat what you're eating. Okay, then let me ask you as a mom, let's say your daughter or one of your daughters said, you know what? I've tried all the shit that you make for me uh, throughout the week here, mom, and I've decided it doesn't get any better than chicken nuggets and fries. So don't make me anything that's not chicken nuggets and fries. If I'm going to eat, I want to eat what I like. Are you going to let her play that card or are you going to say, no, No, you're going to have what you're given and you're going to try different things? Well, there's a difference between adults and kids because with kids, we need to make sure they get nutritional value. So no way in hell would I ever let my kid just have chicken nuggets and fries every day. There's no fucking way. What if she liked chicken and potatoes? Yeah, I mean, as long as we add an actual vegetable, because I know potato is technically a vegetable. It doesn't count, in my opinion. As long as you add a green in there, I'd say, you know what? You want it more often? Fine. You find a compromise there, I think. Okay. All right. That's fair. A woman in her 40s, who is an OnlyFans star, says she is having the best sex of her life after spending the past decade only dating men in their 20s. She's like a female Leonardo DiCaprio. And sorry, how old is she? 42. Okay, okay. Her name is Lana May. She's from Los Angeles and 42 years old. She claims having sex with men half her age keeps her looking young and is and she isn't phased that some of her lovers are only a few years older than her teenage daughter who's oh, 17. Oh, oh no. I'll tell you, she's your daughter's phased. You might not be phased. <laughs> I can guarantee your daughter is. After getting divorced at the age of 30, the mom of one has spent the last 12 years dating younger guys and having sex up to seven times a day. The OnlyFans model said younger men make her feel like a queen. And she says she has a glow and a sparkle in her eyes after spending (laughs) one night with a guy that's much younger. She calls it her youth juice. Maybe that's what's in your eye. She's found found the fountain of youth, has she? Uh She says younger men are kinkier and can also keep up with her high sex drive, which is through the roof at the moment, she says. She says that younger men make her feel great and added that she gives off this energy, which just attracts more. (laughs) I, uh, I know we've had this conversation before about guys dating younger women and very seldom does it come out being a good look for the guy. Generally, people will judge even though they know nothing about the interactions in that relationship. Is it a little different when a woman in her early 40s is saying, you know what? All you guys in your 40s, you don't have the youth juice. You don't make me feel good. So I'm going to go and you can't keep up with me because I like sex six and seven times a day. So I'm going back to the dating pool and I'm going to start shopping a little younger. I'm only dating guys in their 20s because they're the ones who make me happy. I feel like if I made that proclamation, people would say, oh, you gross pig. You've Uh, got a daughter that age. Double standard. It is a bit of a double standard that people in this case seem to be applauding it and encouraging it. Interesting. I I think, I don't know, for me, there's two consenting adults that want to have at her, have at her. Who are we to say that you can't or you shouldn't? Um, She's not talking about marrying all these people. You know, she's like, she's kind of using them. She's kind of in a way, right? It's like when you look at it from that point of view, it's potential. It's possible that these 20, let's say she's doing a 23 year old, that this 23 year old is having feelings too for this 40 something and thinks, wow, because 
it's often said there's more experience, right? You would assume she's got a lot of experience under her belt and maybe the girls right around this guy's age uh, do not. So potentially feelings could come of this. And yeah, in a way, it's kind of like you're using them. You're like you're on to the next 20 something after that. But again, as long as two people are consenting adults, I, I really, truly don't care. Do If I'm being honest, will I get a little bit icked out either way? If we're talking girls, guys, ages, sometimes if the age gap is that big, sometimes I go, oh, I'll be honest with you. I do. But it does. And it doesn't matter if it's an older woman and a younger guy, a younger guy, and an older woman. Sometimes I do. I try not to be judgy, though. And again, as long as they're two consenting adults, I don't think we anybody needs to give a shit what happens in, you know, in the bedrooms of those people. As long as they're happy, who cares? Imagine that, right? You're in your 20s. You got yourself a girl in her 40s. Things are going well. Uh, she might, I'm going to speculate, might be a little better off. She's a fairly successful OnlyFans model. So if, if you're like 22 and and you met this girl and and you guys went to the bedroom, you're probably thinking, fucking right, this is great. I got myself an older woman. She's good looking. She's got a good career. She's making a lot of money. I'm set. And then you find out. You're on a short clock here, kid, because as soon as you're not in your 20s anymore or as soon as you can't keep up with me, you're toast. But that's what's happening here. She only wants guys in their 20s. And when she turns into her 50s or into her 60s, I have a feeling she's going to stay young. (laughs) She says this was life changing for her to go back and date the, the younger guys. She makes a solid point, though, there in that her sex drive is increased right now. And that's what she wants. And I think we know how the human body works. And at some points, our sex drive is higher than others. And some points it hits a lull. And that's just based on actual I don't know, I suppose science slash research, right? We hear, we hear that women in their 40s do all of a sudden get a, dra- a greater sex drive than even in their 20s, as an example. So is there something to that where she might hit her 50s and then go, yeah, I'm done with sex. I, I'm, I'm over it. Then maybe that'll change completely for her. And she'll say, I'm okay with a man who's older. I mean, who really knows? At that point, I want to slow down. So I think that she could change a lot. And you never know those phases of your body. And everybody's different. Of course, it doesn't mean that once you hit your 40s, automatically your sex drive is higher. For men, I know that it goes up and down to that's what they say. But not everybody follows that same path. I do know that. It really does for guys. I go through these weird phases where I'm really just not interested. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, I just don't (laughs) do it. But then the weekend hits and I'm like, yeah, yeah. let's fucking go. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, (laughs) and that's it. (laughs) Maybe Sunday. It's a hard maybe. Uh, Do you think Austin Matthews is going to get the MVP tonight? I hope so. I hope so. He deserves Uh, it. Yeah, I hope so. I do agree with you. I think he deserves it. Um, is it just the, is it just the heart that's being announced today or is there more than one? I think they're doing the, all the award NHL awards that hadn't already been announced. Okay. So today we will definitely get the heart trophy. I heard a stat today and I, I'll, I'll have to double check it because I didn't believe it. The last time a Toronto Maple Leaf won league MVP, the Hart Trophy, was like in the mid-60s. Really? That's how long it's been since a Maple Leaf won MVP. Won that one. Wow. We've won other ones. Sure. Yeah, many, many. Then you look at uh, Rookie of the Year category. Bunting is up for Rookie of the Year. Oh. You know what? I, I don't know that Bunting's going to win Rookie of the Year. I don't see how anybody other than Austin Matthews could win the Hart Trophy. I mean, over 60 goals. He, he had a great... Did he have over 60? He's extremely... Yeah, he, yeah. 50, he ended anyway. up... Yeah, yeah. The stat is the stat. The Leafs playing this season seems like years ago. It does. <laughs> They've been out of the playoffs for a I while. Know. Is but, it time to take a look at that fucking song? 
Can we just take a look at Holland Oats for a second and be like, what are we doing? Who, who decides that? And when can we, how can we change their mind? You know, I've never been in one of the meetings with the Leafs, but I've certainly been there for other pro sports teams when they have those conversations. And there's usually a decent amount of research, sometimes even like a focus group that that gets set down to say, hey, we're considering using Zombie Nation as our goal song or we're considering using Hey Baby as our goal song. Let's get your thoughts on this and that and that sort of thing. I don't ever remember a discussion, though, with the Maple Leafs about using Holland Oats, but more and more people are calling out for it. Get rid of that fucking song. All the players on the team, most of the players on the team are quite young. <laughs> they weren't alive when that song came out. Ask, has anybody thought of asking them Ooh. what would pump you up? What would make you more interested to, to score that goal? Because you know that song was coming if you score the goal. Because I, I'm going to venture a guess here, guys. Maybe I'm going out on a limb. But I'm going to venture a guess that none of them are going to say Hall & Oates is going to do it for them. No. Why then? Like, I don't even, I, I call bullshit on research. I call bullshit that there's any research that suggested Hall & Oates was a, was a great idea to the point where they didn't just use it for one season. How many seasons has it been now? Too long. It's This is the reason why they can't get out of the first round. Hall and Oates. Change the shit. Let them have their own. So I've always been a fan of, of the way that baseball does it. The way that the Blue Jays do it. Up to bat music. Great. Have And I know this is going to be shitty for whoever's DJing. Is our buddy, our, our mutual friend still doing the DJ stuff inside uh, Scotiabank Arena? At Scotiabank, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. So I should call him directly and be like, Put a word in because it would be a hard job because you'd have to. It all depends on who scored the goal. But each of them should have their own goal score song. Uh, by the way, hate to draw out comparisons, but in lacrosse, that's the way it goes. Is that how they, that's what they should do in hockey, too. Each player has Come their own on. goal song. You were, with, you were with Tavares the other day. Did you whisper that in his ear? They should change the goal song. Get rid of all the notes. No, you, you I hate it, don't you? Funny, that didn't come up. I, it was more like, can I have your phone number? Can we hang I, out? And he's like, gotta go. Bye. I would have been that asshole. And he still would have said, gotta go. Bye. I'd be like, you don't like Hall Oats, right? Tell me. <laughs> uh, I do think Austin Matthews is going to get the heart. I don't know if Michael Bunting is going to get rookie of the year, but it's, it's also fair to point out as great a year as Bunting had. It's also not that hard to put up a lot of points and have a great showing when you're on a line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Uh, and they might take a look at that. I mean, they might actually take a look at that in comparison to other rookies who maybe did it a little more so on their own, which I know it's a team sport. You don't do it on your own, but you know what I mean. So and the other thing I wanted to mention when it comes to sports is Tampa Bay hammered Colorado last night. Yes. 6-2. So now Colorado leads two games to one. If you had the money, and I said, Kat, you got to place a bet. Who are you betting on now? Because mm. Colorado's up two games to one, but Tampa came out with a statement last night. They are not done yet. They are the two-time defending champions with the opportunity to cement a dynasty and win an unprecedented three Stanley Cups in a row. I'll tell you. Unprecedented in the modern era. I'll tell you Tampa Bay because... In my mind, I need Tampa Bay to win. Don't want, don't want, need. Because then it will make me feel better that we lost out first round with them knowing that they're obviously as good as they are. But if they go that far, winning against our Toronto, my Toronto Maple Leafs, our Toronto Maple Leafs, well, not all of you. I know some of you are Habs fans and shit like that. That's fine. But it's that not, it, would okay. actually, <laughs> it would actually make me feel worse if they lost out. But either way, the truth is, 
I don't care. Once the Leafs are out for me, I'm just like, yeah. I would have liked a Canadian team to be in the finals. I really would, even if it was Montreal. Swear to God, I would be fine with it. But uh, such is not the case, so I truly don't care who wins it. It just will make me feel a little bit better if it's if it's Tampa. There's just very few athletes in sports, particularly team sports, that are as dominant as, say, for example, a Connor McDavid, as an Austin Matthews as say uh, even no I mean those are pretty well the two in the league I'd like for those guys to win a cup because they've done absolutely everything that you can ask of a player and more and they haven't got a ring to show for Mm -hmm. it yet and I'd like to see Edmonton and Toronto win a cup before those guys retire because they certainly deserve a ring for the amount of work they put in Uh, and on that we will say thank you everybody for listening to this episode of After 9. And that's our look at sports. <laughs> but we don't do sports very often. But yeah, sometimes I do because sports is one of those things that people are so passionate about and they've got their own opinions. Sure. So all I have to do is say one wrong little thing yep. and inevitably some asshole is going to DM me today and say, stop talking about sports. You don't know what you're talking about. Scott Fox on air is where you can find him on Instagram by all means. Bunting is the best player ever and you should shut your mouth. You <laughs> don't, don't know. <laughs> Tell him that. Tell me you hate the fact that I said if Tampa wins, I'll feel better at Cat on Air, Cat with a K. Make sure if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, there's a cool little thing there where you can rate us. We'd appreciate that rating. We'd appreciate it if you passed it on. When I was out at the uh, concert on Friday night, actually, I had someone specifically come up and say, I didn't know about you guys until I overheard your podcast and then I changed and started listening to you on the radio and now I'm addicted to the podcast so I love that so thank you for spreading the word Uh, I'll also do a thank you too because it's recently come to my attention that there's a lot of Uber drivers who listen and because Mm -hmm. they have it on in the car that's exposed after nine to new people who are like what is that? I want to listen to that. Yeah. And they're hitting subscribe right there in the vehicle. So to you, Uber and Lyft and whatever drivers, we appreciate you. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. Enjoy the first day of summer. We will see you tomorrow with a brand new episode of After Nine. Bye-bye. You guys see this? Uh, apparently HBO is working on a Game of Thrones spinoff series based around Jon Snow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that already exists. It's called Game of Thrones. Am I right? <laughs> Today, June 21st, is the longest day of the year. That's right, one of my kids has a piano recital. (laughs) COVID vaccine shots will be available to kids five and under. Yeah, that's right. That's, That's right, kiddos, no more excuses. Time to head back to the office like the rest of us, yeah. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.